0: Welcome, Welcome and good morning! morning. (laughs) All right, is anybody else excited about being back at church? I am, and I know many of you are, you know, we are kind of uh, uh, popping out of our our little holes, aren't we now? Kind of like the Mercats just popping up, looking around, and deciding to to stay up. Uh, Some of us are just crawling barely out of our holes. And uh, whatever it is that you're doing, we're glad that you're doing it with us, whether you're at home, worshiping, or here in person. We're we're seeking to uh, continue to weave the fabric of our congregation together, however it is that we can do it. You're welcome to be in worship in person. Mass are recommended, but it's not necessary as far as the health departments are concerned. It's your call. We just want to respect each other's sense of of health, safety, whatever that might be. So try to be in tune with, with your neighbor in the pew or those who are close around you. Today is the fifth Sunday of our liturgical season of Lent. Rachel is not with us here this morning. She's over at the United Methodist Church of Thousand Oaks. With the beginning of April, we have started um, officially our collaborative ministry shared staffing situation with uh, Pastor Rachel, and uh, she is going to be there this Sunday and then a couple Sundays uh, in May. If that is something that displeases you, um, we just need like about 60000 more dollars. And, and so, uh, um, we'd be very happy to change the course of how we're deploying Rachel. But this is, this is the creative way that we can do it uh, right now and, and cover the needs of ministry as we emerge out of these uh, years. This Thursday at 11 is Esther McLean's uh, memorial. If... Uh, you want to be a part of that, please feel free to come on down uh, as Holy Week begins. Uh, Monday Thursday is at Thousand Oaks at seven p m and Good Friday is here with us at seven p m uh, Easter Sunday, we will have lilies and and flowers here on the altar, and uh, the office will will look to hear from you if you want to uh, cover the cost of some lilies and and dedicate them in memory of or in honor of someone dear uh, to your life. Our monthly mission this this month is our community care fund, the new fund in which we're uh, having some uh, resources be made available uh, for your pastors to use for people who come to our church who are not members but have a legitimate need for some assistance. On the, on the screen or on our announcements, you'll see a way to give to support UMCOR, um, which is right now collecting uh, funds for those who are becoming refugees from the Ukraine war. Uh, a good thing to, to help support. Uh, volunteers are needed as we start to emerge back into uh, togetherness with one another for, for being lectors, like Rick is this morning for us, or being ushers, like no one is for us this morning, <laughs> or, or being uh, helping the hospitality team that serves coffee and uh, cookies for us. So, if those seem to be things that you could do, uh, let us know, and, and we'd be glad to uh, have you volunteer to help make things happen on Sunday morning. And Agnes's dad is going to be 100. Holy smokes, how exciting. The flowers here are in honor of him from Ken and Agnes. Congratulations, and and if it might mean something, pass it on to him that your church family celebrates uh, his life. Today we continue on with our sermon series about the different ways in which Jesus has been presented to us, or is presented to us, and uh, how we might... Uh, take to those things and come alive to who Jesus is and how Jesus might impact us in our lives. We've talked about how he's uh, one of us, how he's uh, a teacher and a healer and a prophet, and today we, we look at how Jesus is love personified and the bearer of grace. So let's dig in and worship the Lord, the living Lord, our God. stand and join in our call to worship. Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. God's light and love are illumined through our Lord. Remain standing and let's sing our opening hymn. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray for your presence and your strength to impact us this morning in worship as we spiritually move closer and closer to that cross and tomb and to the glory of Easter. Help us to look uh, well within ourselves, and, and with your help, may we experience in our worship your presence and your power, your wisdom, and your grace so that indeed we might feel you beckoning us forward to life abundant and eternal. Your vision for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Good morning, children. As you can see, I'm not in worship today. Mark, Maya, and I are over at the United Methodist Church of Thousand Oaks celebrating worship with them today, celebrating what we're doing with Conejo Connect and the ways in which we see new life happening within our church through that program. I hope that you guys, if you haven't been a part of Conejo Connect, you find time and your schedule to join us soon. Over the last few weeks, I've been talking to you guys about things that we can do to connect to God during Lent, that season where we prepare for Easter. This week, I want to talk to you about simplifying. When I was your age, we talked about what are you giving up for Lent? What are you going to sacrifice so that when you get to Easter morning, that thing has more value to you than it did before? But when we talked about it, we talked about giving up chocolate or something like that for Lent. And in all honesty, all that did was make me like chocolate more, but it didn't help me get closer to God. So instead of talking about what you can give up so that when you get to Easter morning, running to your Easter basket and having candy isn't the most important thing. I recognize that it's important, and I know that we're two weeks away. I know that we're so excited for what's going to come. But the basket doesn't have importance unless we recognize that we're celebrating it because of the gift of Jesus, of the fact that he died and rose again, of the fact that he came to live among us and made new life possible for us in his life, death, and resurrection. So instead of talking about what we are giving up for Lent, I wanna encourage you to simplify or slow down long enough and often enough so that you remember the gift of Jesus in your life. That could be taking a moment instead of running off to the grass area after church to say to your teachers, can we go see Pastor Walt and ask for some bread and some juice so that we can participate in Holy Communion today? Because we know that the adults are, and that's a way for us to remember the gift of Jesus. Or it could be taking moments while you have spring break. Most of you have not had your spring break yet. Some of you have it before Easter. Some of you have it after Easter. But taking some time while you're in that week off to pause, to give thanks for Jesus. Maybe go on a hike. Not do anything complicated or difficult. But just spend some time giving thanks, simplifying your thoughts, letting go of stress so that you might see God differently. Whether it's before Easter or after Easter, slow down, simplify your schedule, and take time to be with God. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer as we talk to God? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for all of our yesterdays. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for the chance to slow down and to be with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Those of you that are in worship, head off to Sunday school and have a great week. See you next week problem Sunday.
0: center ourselves and join our spirits together in prayer. Holy God, hear the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We begin with confessing that there are times We have been less than you have wished, saying words or doing deeds that reflect more our fallen nature than our higher one with you. Here now are silent prayer confessions. May your grace wash us clean and strengthen our resolve to walk better in your spirit. We ask your help in our lives with the many concerns of each day as we face the ongoing and developing changes that come from pandemic times. Guide us in these days ahead to be our best selves for ourselves and for one another. Help us to live authentically and consequentially as disciples of Christ Jesus. We pray for all those around us who are struggling with physical or mental health issues, with troubled relationships, with uncertain employment, or other forms of disease or or discomfort. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think specifically this morning of Linda Northrup and her husband Dave, Kathy Drake, and her husband Ken as they deal with the ongoing effects of cancer, its treatments, and its changes upon their lives. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Gary Evans' friend, John's wife, Pat, who is in hospice, from her cancer. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For the families of Esther McLean and Lynn Albertson, as they grieve the passing of their loved ones. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For a friend of the Gears, who is having a health issue test this week, and for Larry Tebow, as he continues to seek improved health and vitality. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up all those who are suffering from COVID as patient or as caregiving loved one who are working in the hospital and helping to maintain or improve health. Oh Lord, Hear our prayers. And today we pray for all those who are suffering oppression. We think specifically of those uh, through the Ukraine war, displaced, threatened, injured, or killed by violence. May this madness stop, Lord God. O Lord, hear our prayers. And we think of of the moments of joy that have been a part of our lives. Um, In the Dilch family, we are gathering uh, our extended families in the next week or so and welcoming three grandsons who have not been together yet in person. We celebrate the joy of family that we are experiencing and that we know is a joy for the families of our church. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of these people and others who we lift up privately now in our thoughts. Come into these lives, Lord God, in a powerful way that helps these folk know your support, your nurture, and your healing. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministry through these times and we ask your help, Lord God, in maintaining our effectiveness and vitality and developing new ministries. May the good we do be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We've been looking at these qualities, characteristics, these, these roles of Jesus for us, and I want to share with you that I've been, I've been using some resources to help stimulate uh, my thinking. I've had a lot of fun doing uh, homework on these, on these different characteristics of Jesus. Uh, William Willimon, a bishop of the United Methodist Church, has a great book called Why Jesus, uh, talking about Jesus. Um, why we might entertain the thought of Jesus in our lives though we be 21st century Americans. Marcus Borg has a book Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time. It's a, it's a great read to remind you of the importance of Jesus in our lives. And Borg and N.T. Wright have a book called The Meaning of Jesus, Two Visions, also a Another great book. The tagline on that book is, The Leading Liberal and Conservative Jesus Scholars Present the Heart of the Historical Jesus Debate. Marcus Borg talks about a pre-Jesus, a pre-Easter Jesus, and a post-Easter Jesus, a post-Easter Christ. Does that make sense to you? Can you maybe see it that way that perhaps you would write about and think about and connect to the Jesus before Easter differently than the Christ after Easter? It's an interesting way to think about Christ Jesus. And T. Wright writes that Jesus is just about the same before and after Easter, so don't even bother doing that. Just love Jesus the way Jesus is presented to you. Because Jesus is the definitive revelation of God before or after Easter. Now, as I've reminded myself of the content of these two books. I can imagine myself sitting down at the dining room table with both of them at the table and agreeing and, and disagreeing a bit with each of them a little bit back and forth, but having just a great all time talking about this Lord of love, this bearer of grace. I think N.T. Wright is a little bit more confessional, For me, as I confess my faith in Jesus, I might use the language that he uses a little bit more, but as I discuss the concepts, Marcus Borg feeds my language. The writing of these two scholars would be helpful to round out your thinking as well and lead you to a place, perhaps, like. Bishop Willemons, where you answer the why Jesus question with a, well, I just love him for all that happens to and with and through me due to him. whether Jesus is a lens through which we see or perceive God or the revelation of God through which we are presented with God, the key understanding for us in all of this is, thanks to Jesus, we are vibrantly related to God through in, or by Jesus. We come to a good, workable understanding of who God is, what God wants, and how that might actually just look in our lives. In Borg's word, Jesus shows us what a life filled with God's Spirit looks like. What a life filled with God's Spirit looks like. And so we seek to have the mind of Christ, as Scripture says, and walk in the way of Christ, as Scripture says. Jesus becomes our goal as well as our companion along the way. Strength, light for the journey. Today's sermon brings our focus on these two qualities that I think are embraced and expressed in Christ Jesus two qualities for which i simply just love this guy grace and love under all circumstances they are present in all he says and all he does grace and love and i think perhaps they are the key Characteristics of his nature, of what he's been wanting to reveal to us of God's nature and God's intentions for us. Our aspirations as creatures, as children of God. The Gospel of John helps us most today with these qualities of grace and love. The Gospel's prologue is is powerful and it is sublime. Take the opportunity today to read through the the whole, what, 20-some verses of the beginning of the first chapter of John. I'm having Rick, our lector this morning, read for us just a smaller segment of that.
2: This scripture is from John chapter 1, verse 14, and 16 through 17. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Amen. Thanks be to God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, full of grace and full of truth. We have all received grace upon grace. For John, the incarnation was a matter of grace, of overflowing grace. God step forward helps save us from ourselves, unmerited grace. When we think of how we use the word grace, we talk about the elegance of movement, a ballerina or a modern dancer, or somebody just with a certain kind of bon vivant walking down the street. An elegance of movement is, is thought of as grace. Polite goodwill. You can choose to tell it like it is and hurt somebody's feelings, or you can have polite Goodwill, that's called grace by the Oxford Dictionary. Attractive qualities of behavior. Hmm. And then in our faith system, the free and unearned favor of God. Now we say it that way because none of us seems to think we have deserved God's grace by how perfectly we have lived. That seems to be a self-understanding that's from before our biblical times to now. Although some of us are fairly arrogant about life, fairly privileged, I've been called that. But when we sit down and think about ourselves, truthfully, we recognize that we are the recipients of something we have not earned, something over which we should be eternally grateful. God's grace. When we think of the different roles that that we've uh, possibly encountered Jesus or understand Jesus, the, the one of us preaching, healing, prophet, all of these are centered, when you think about them, upon grace, bubbling up these qualities from grace. Jesus is embodying god's love for us and expressing that love through words and acts of grace and when we look around our time or we study any history we realize just how countercultural this posture of god through jesus is the world seems to beat down, dominate, stratify. And we see in Jesus someone who uplifts, who welcomes, who accepts, who respects. Our second reading of John goes further with this point of grace and love through Christ. Rick?
2: This scripture is from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the Master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. How can we do that? How can we do that, Jesus? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Well, which commandments are those? Can you be any clearer? Jesus is sent by God for the purposes of love and if we think about his teaching and his actions we see love love and love sometimes it's complicated sometimes it's it's really challenging think of the good samaritan parable Any love in that? Think of the prodigal son teaching. Think of the episode of the adulterous woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Do you remember these stories? Love, grace, and love. There is one more thing needful, he says to one character. Give up your love of things and love God and neighbor. Love your enemies, he says. His teachings are always important and they offer the opportunity of transformation. Each one of them, if we open ourselves to the impact of the teachings. Zacharias, come down from that tree! Salvation is coming to your home this day. Who touched my garment? Let him without sin throw the first stone. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Forgive them. They know not what they do. Love. Grace. There is grace and love in all of this. It is foundational to Jesus. Jesus loved us, us humans, up to and through his death. And as he said in Scripture, you know, there's really no prize for loving people that love you. Even the worst among us do that kind of stuff. You are asked to love those who don't love you. That's grace, loving the unmerited. It's person transforming and it's world transforming. It's a hard challenge. It is a a difficult task, yet it is the one that will strengthen your soul for real life, for dealing with your neighbors, the person at the checkout counter at the gas station, the person who is not responding well to you when you call the doctor's office. It's the way that will strengthen your soul for the real challenges of life, love, and grace. It's in the loving that we really live. It's in the extending of grace that relationships really thrive. It's through love and grace that the world is made better. Your call as a disciple of Christ, who's moving through Lent to the passion, to the empty tomb, and the resurrection, is to help God make this real among us. To set love loose to have grace upon grace abound. We love and follow Jesus because he made God's grace come to life for us. And he clearly communicated to all how much God loves us. In the book called Amazing Grace, A Vocabulary of Faith, Kathleen Norris writes, faith does not conform itself to ideology, to beliefs. Faith conforms itself to experience, your experience, and for the Christian, this means the experience of the person of Jesus Christ, the experience of Jesus Christ. Not as someone who once lived in Galilee, but who lives now in all believers. It is this faith in Christ as a living person that is most inexplicable outside of the experience of faith. Now my words, yet comes alive through faith. And in the experience of God as one of us, as teacher, healer, prophet, as love personified and bearer of grace, we find ourselves renewed and alive to be our better selves. I just love this about Jesus. I hope you do too. Don't you? Amen. You're invited to share of your financial resources to help support the ministries of our church. You'll see instructions on the screen soon about how to do that. Your generosity is needed to help us keep going, to keep doing the good that we do. We hope it is a good that we do. We try, all of us together, in ministry on behalf of this bearer of grace, this personifier of love. So give generously and be a part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. Today is a communion Sunday, so if you are joining us from your uh, bedroom or living room or back porch or wherever it is, maybe you're in your car, uh, you don't have the resources of your refrigerator in the car, but if you are at home, get some, some bread and some juice at the ready, and, and, as, and as you do that... I'll just say how rotten life felt when I was a young adult for a little while, and you may also have had experiences like this where there seems to be more darkness than light uh, in your life. And because of somebody who had the experience of Jesus as a bearer of grace, of love, Things changed. That person came alongside me and helped me to see that my faith could be purposeful again, that God might even love someone like me, which seemed absurd to my parents, but it meant the world to me. You can be that extender of grace to people in our community, maybe even people in your extended family, who knows, because of the power of God's love and grace through Christ can be made real in your witness of love and grace to them. So be recharged this day through words and thoughts and elements of our Lord. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give God thanks. For God is the creator of heaven and earth, and you, God, have bid your faithful people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. We seek to do that today, Lord God. On the night in which he was delivered to suffering and death, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken. For you do this in remembrance of me and when the supper was over he took the cup and again he offered you thanks lord god he gave it to his disciples and said drink from this all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Send the power of your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this cup, we may know the presence of the living Christ, be renewed at his, as his body, cleansed from sin by his blood, and serve you in unity, fidelity, and in joy until you bring us with all your saints into the fullness of your eternal kingdom through jesus christ with the holy spirit in your holy church all, all glory and honor is yours almighty god now and forever amen hope this service has been a blessing to you. Jesus has loved you. He asks you to love one another. Extend love by you being the embodiment of grace in your thoughts, in your words, in your actions. This is discipleship and the way to life abundant, clear and simple. Be graceful, be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Amen.